Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Previously on the Prince Kai Fan Pod, original co-hosts Becca and Ash return for the final chapter of winter. Cinder gives Lavana's clothes, shoes, and perfumes to Aiko, who chooses her favorites and decides to donate the rest. Aiko has healed some of her injuries, but will still need more repairs once they return to Earth. That hasn't stopped her from adopting a new pair of color-changing eyes to go with her new title as Madam Counselor to the Queen. Peony has been named as her head guard. Now, the crew arrives to share lemon cake with the new queen. Welcome back to Bethany Loves Food Podcast. All of us, all of us love food. Lemon lemon is the best. I love lemon. It's so appropriate that our French girl bakes this lemon cake. I just... I have to show you. I have to show you guys this. I'll post it on Instagram. I have to show you this beautiful lemon dress that Quentin bought me. My first wedding cake was lemon raspberry. And it's hands down Ooh, my favorite. Was it like yeah. lemon? Was it lemon cake with like raspberry in the middle? Yes. Or yes, was it like a lemon raspberry? Perfect. Oh, it's a cute dress. Oh my gosh, that's adorable! You guys, Bethany is holding up this adorable dress, and it's got like lemon lemons on it with it's leaves. Got lemons. And the dress is <laughs> and it's got it's got sleeves and. It's a whole dress. So I bought it. <laughs> I bought it for well, Quentin bought it for the Heartless Musical because um obviously I wanted to wear some kind of themed yeah. outfit, but I wanted to be like I wanted Yes, you can come in. I wanted to be like um like an undercut, like a yeah. deep cut. And the book starts with her like having a dream about a lemon Aww. tree. So I wanted everybody was wearing like Alice in Wonderland vibed outfits and I wanted to do something like just a little different so yeah that was and now it's like one of my favorite dresses which is why I'm so depressed that it doesn't well, fit anymore does it fit because it's too big Ashley this job is terrible for me okay you need to quit well, it so yeah. I'm just telling you to quit it but it can be taken in if yeah it you can always fit. take it in or you can or you can wait you I don't know about this Bethany can take it in I can have Ashley do it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would say go to a tailor. Well, how you would, is it lined? I don't know what that means. Does it have a lining? Just take it to the alterations on base. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. That would be better. Uh, I could, I might do that with like all of my clothes because none of them are a size two and apparently that's my size now. What even is life? Size two? I know, right? That's not me. I found all of Bethany's lost weight. <laughs> oh, cool. Bethany would uh, actually not mind. You can have some it because it it's it's very very quickly dropping. I started this job in July and I've already lost Jeez. eighteen pounds. Oh, it is a very stressful job, and I never have time to eat. And Ashley knows when I get stressed, I yep. hate food. It like genuinely makes me uncomfortable like the very idea of having to deal with cooking and cleaning up and eating after working 12 hours awful is like overwhelming nope. Nope. so 
yeah, it's um, it's definite. I need to adapt and quickly, I'm, basically. I've I'm pretty saying. much been living on Flintstone vitamins. Oh my god, iron. Nice. I highly recommend. So I I I have not found any of your weight. I have lost quite a bit myself, but with the um, in that is left. That's just how skin works. It doesn't go away. Anyways, um, Lemon Cake. Hi, kisses her. Thinking of the future. <laughs> the good one with her in it. I know. I love it. And it's right before her coronation. Like, it's like a good luck kiss almost. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's really sweet because it's the kind of kiss that comes from contentment in the best possible yeah. way. I'm sorry. I'm so uncomfortable um, right now. <laughs> I gotta move a lot. <laughs> we transition to an intergalactic coronation. This is a very quick scene, and I actually appreciate that it's not, like, very detailed. I like that it's just, like, you know, in a movie, it would be a montage of, like, all of the major moments of the coronation with, like, some kind of really great background yeah. music. And I really appreciate that because I feel like having that be a long, drawn-out chapter would kind of um, slow down the momentum. It, it would take away from the story. Yes. And I like yes. that part of yes. it. You have it written down in your notes, Bethany, but something that also struck me out was that she held a lottery for all of the sections to be represented, yeah. and I think that's very diplomatic, and... And you know that was her idea. Oh, yeah. And it's the exact opposite of Lavana. Lavana didn't want to go to the outer sectors at yeah. all. At all, she didn't want to have to deal with going out there. And this... This just, yeah, and it's broadcast, and she's not wearing a veil, so people are gonna see what she really looks like, which is also like very anti-Lavana. Yeah. Everything that she's done so far is to is to show the stark difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do also like the fact that she's like she notices the smell of the room too as being very like aseptic aseptic yeah antiseptic and yeah, felt like sterile. sterile yeah yeah cuz they cleaned the thro the throne room after um the battle because it was destroyed it was covered in blood and and you know it kind of it's not just covered in like recent blood it's covered in years and years and years of blood because that's where they did executions that's where they they cut off a, a scarlet's finger yeah. in there i mean you're talking about a room that is filled with the ghosts of trauma right that whole concept like if walls could speak if walls could speak these would be screaming in pain yeah. so it's kind of fitting to have it sterilized anyways just to sort of try and cleanse some of that like we need like a stage <laughs> bath going on in there like like a little seance, blood maybe. of yesteryear. The blood of yesteryear. Yeah, some of the, some salt that's been soaked in the moonlight right? for three or four days, like which I just did. I just because it's yeah. almost winter, I just did a, a salt soak and covered my house the other day. So probably have that vibe now. Um, it's good vibe. Like my fingers are still a little, my cuticles are still a little torn up from all oh, the salt. <laughs> um. Anyways, so 
this girl has big plans big plans and I love it because she's been queen for like five minutes and she's like okay we need to have councils for Artemisia we need to have councils for all the sectors we need to reallocate funds and we need to reallocate labor so it's not all being pushed onto this one group of people all the families and thaumaturges that are you know fighting against this change they're just gonna have to roll with the punches because nothing nothing's yeah. changing um there's, she's still trying to figure out what to do with all the shells and the antidote and how to overcome that hurdle. And I love that she's just immediately like, I, I think back to like when we read Ferris and Lavana first became queen and she did have ambitions, you know, she did have ambitions for Luna. They were, you know, very, um, uh, I don't know the right word, damaging. Evil, yeah. I mean, they were ambitious in terms of serve, serving the, quote, betterment of Luna, um, but cruel. They were just cruel. And um, she also had plans, immediately had plans. But one of those plans was be pretty, be loved, be adored by the people, um, change her, like rebrand herself, basically, from being the, the ugly princess to the most beautiful queen yeah. to exist. Uh, which she did do to the point where people didn't even remember yep. the old the old rumors about Lavana being the ugly princess. So it's just another sort of parallel to Lavana. It's that mirror where we're seeing this completely alternate universe that is the same, but is also mm -hmm. very different because it's just from two completely different people. And it does make you wonder, like, if Celine had grown up on Luna. And it was her first week as queen. What would her her reign have been like? Would she just have been another Channery slash Lavana nightmare? Because yeah. she wouldn't be this no. girl. But she, she could have. No, she, she wouldn't be. But, but she, yeah, because I don't know. There's the whole nature nurture thing or whatever. And I don't necessarily just yeah. nature as in like genetics, but like just who you are as a person regardless of like where how you're raised and all that I don't know she would she have definitely had, would not have been it's, it's genuinely difficult my sisters and I talk about this all the time because um we all grew up with the same parents but we are five and six years old apart like by the time my parents got divorced Samantha was only like 10 years old she barely remembers what it was like when our parents were married she has more memories with our stepmother than with our mother and our father together so we like grew up in the same household but we grew up very differently when I was growing up we were jackass poor yeah. we didn't have any like not that we didn't have anything but like we didn't we all shared like one bedroom all four kids in one bedroom we we lived in very tiny very unsatisfying homes we got our food from pantries we got our clothes from like uh angel tree at christmas time mm -hmm. kind of thing we didn't have we didn't have a tv for the longest time we didn't even have a microwave so my sisters grew up in a household where Lindsay got a truck on her 16th birthday and they had ipads like real legit the first version of iphone or ipods and ipads when they were just teenagers in high school like so it really just, and not that my sisters are spoiled or entitled now or anything, but we definitely have very different views and concepts in terms of money and finances, um, even just sticker shock. That whole culture of, of sticker shock is not something that they experience very often. And we grew up 
with the same families and the same the same parents. So it really some of it is just your natural personality, no matter how much of it is um, influenced by the world around you, there are going to be people that are inherently good and inherently bad. And I mean, you can chalk that up to nature versus nurture, chemical components in your brain. I don't know. I, I, I'm under the impression that she would have had winter. And I think winter would have been a very good influence on her as a person. So she could have been, she could have been more in the middle than anything else. Rather than so stark. Well, she yeah. wouldn't have just had Winter, yeah. right? She would have also have had Jason, Jason's family, Winter's dad. Here's my thing. If Celine had grown up on Luna, that means Lavana never yeah. killed her. Which means Lavana never became queen, which means she never killed Everett. Yeah. So you're talking about a Lavana that would have been married to the person that she considered her soulmate for, for 10, 15 years. Would that that Lavana, the one who no longer had the ambition of being queen, would that Lavana have changed for the better? Would she have? Because slowly there were parts of her that were changing because of her relationship yeah. with Everett and his expectations of a mother for his daughter and a partner for himself. So if she had never decided, I have to be queen, bye-bye, Celine. Celine might have had a different upbringing anyways because she would have been exposed to a completely different world by by being raised by you know average Joes kind of thing not Lavana yeah. but definitely Lavana's husband and her cousin and her cousin's entire like surrogate family mm-hmm. basically wow. yeah that's so crazy to think like I love thinking about stuff like that because there's um it's it's there's so many different interpretations of the alternate universe, the what yep. if concept, the how about this, how about that, um, and you can apply it to your own life too. I try not to. It freaks me out. I don't I don't like thinking too hard about. Honestly, that. it's been too much. It's been on my mind probably too much lately because. My dad was always one of the biggest supporters of me in terms of writing. And he was always like, just go publish it yourself. Stop waiting for somebody else to help you out. Just go publish it Um, for like everything that I ever wrote. And then this book that's getting published, I would not have written if I hadn't lost him. And so it's, I don't know, not necessarily bittersweet, but it's a hard pill to swallow some days. But he supported you so much. And this is something that he would have wanted you to do. Like this is, Like him blessing you. Yeah. I feel like it's a sign that like he's watching over you like a little guardian angel. I think so too. Or at least I like to think so. Yeah, you're oh, gonna no. make me cry. Sorry, Becca. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> this is my life now, Becca. I know. I know, honey. Um, so anyways, Kai finds her hiding and they have this cute little conversation about like how royalty doesn't get any privacy. Again, a parallel slash callback to Kai when we first meet him in his hoodie and he was, like, trying to hide out in plain sight. And he tells her to get one. I love all the parallels in this chapter. Like, I tried to make note of all the ones I noticed. But he's like, you should get a hoodie. Like, that would solve all of her issues. Like, she can't just glamour people as she walks through. (laughs) Right. That's true. That's true. She doesn't need a hoodie the same way. She can just be like, these are the toys you're looking for everywhere she goes. 
Okay, so Kai has to go back to Earth. He's been up there too long. He's been putting it off. And if he leaves, it'll be just her and Aiko. Winter and Jason are going to be her her Earthen ambassadors, which I love. More Winter than Jason, just because Jason goes where Winter goes. But I'm still down. It's fine. The rest of the crew has already left to distribute the uh, antidote. Even Torrin is going back. And Kai is already, like, planning a way to visit her or I love this this whole chapter Kai is like you could come to earth under this circumstance or I could come up here under this circumstance like I love that he's like he's not the boy that's like you should give it all up to be with me he's the boy that's like we are going to find legitimate reasons for you to visit me and for me to visit you I don't I just I can't say enough how respectful I am of that entire concept because I feel like the go-to would be like and, like, she walked away from the big life to be with yeah. him. I like that. Not necessarily the opposite, but... It reminds yeah. me of like, my own dating Brandon. Because every time that I would go and see him, I would... We would kind of plan for our next trip. On a way to see each other. Yeah. Either him come here, me go there, go to our parents' houses, anything at, that we could. So that's what it reminded me of. Legitimate reasons. Quentin, Quentin and I were like that too. We did um, an entire year of long distance when he first joined the military. Um, and it was very difficult because it was constantly like, well, I have a three-day weekend here. It's like, well, yeah, but I have to work that weekend. So it doesn't really yeah. work out. There's a couple times where it was like, okay, well, we could meet in Iowa. We both drive only four hours. And then we have like two days together. And I was like, driving like 10 hours just to get a hug it's worth it though (laughs) but you gotta do what you gotta do yeah 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 it's it's very much reminding me of like that you graduated high school and your boyfriend is going off to like a different college or whatever and oh we're gonna make it work except they're you know actually in love so it's okay (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I like this. Um, I also like this part where it says that she won't have time to be lonely. I I agree and disagree with this concept. Yeah. And I'll say why. I am a military spouse. They leave. They leave for weeks at a time. Sometimes they leave for months at a time. They leave. You are alone. You are. And they're... You don't have the time to be lonely until you have the time to be lonely. You can keep yourself as busy as you want, which is definitely something I try to do. But the second you're like washing dishes or in the shower or, you know, going to sleep at night in a bed that's basically empty because now it's just you and the dogs, that's when that loneliness sets in. So there is like that during the day, you can keep yourself busy, right? And you will be busy. You're running a whole planet, quote. Um, but that loneliness will still be there as soon as as soon as everything slows down for a second, there's going to be that loneliness is going to set in. There's the also, for me at least, feeling lonely surrounded by people. Yes. I hate that. But I know that's a total mm-hmm. mood. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot. It's a PTSD symptom, and we already probably have diagnosed. <laughs> I mean, a part of it, too, is um, as humans, we have the natural instinct to be around people. Like, we don't necessarily want yeah. to be alone. 
I remember when Quentin was deployed, we had just moved to Nebraska, and my only friend was Scamp. And I had a new job, and I didn't get along with the people I worked with because I was new, and they had all these little clicks, and I didn't really slide into any of the clicks. So I remember, like, going to Target and Walmart and stuff just so I could have, like, an interaction with another yeah. human being. And I remember, like, and this is probably why Scamp loves Quentin more than he loves me. Because I was, like, obsessed with that dog. I was like, we're going to walk three times a day. You're going to, like, snuggle me 24-7. Like, I think I totally wore that dog down. I think by the time Quentin got back, he was like, oh, thank God. She's going to leave me alone for five minutes. Like, but I I just, I want to point out that I think there, I think that while there is the concept that, like, of course she's going to be busy and it might not be there are definitely going to be days where she's probably not as lonely as other days. It's but still... the loneliness is going to be there because if nothing else, if absolutely nothing else, every burden is now on her tiny little shoulders. And just her, her shoulders. And she can have help and support, but at the end of the day, the only person responsible for anything is her. I also think we need to remember that she has been in constant contact with somebody else, her friends that she's made for what two months and yeah. and all of a sudden they're all gone and that's just heart-wrenching like you you spend all this time you know these people in and out and then they're gone and it's just yeah. hard to do and I understand that because that's how I felt when I left my first duty station that's how I felt every time that I made new friends and then had to leave because my dad got orders somewhere else so yeah that's how it is like being a military spouse even in my 20s and 30s like (laughs) Nebraska I had just gotten a really good job where I was like you know making progress and making friends and Quentin and I had settled into our new home and then they were like yeah you guys are going to Mississippi and we were both like what what and part of it was, like, I I liked my job. I was pretty – I don't necessarily, like, think I had a great job, but I like the part of my job where I'm yeah. good at it. Any job that I've ever had, I like the point I get to where I know that I'm good at what I do. And that satisfaction and, and having that satisfaction every day, even when some of the other shit is kind of intolerable, I was really upset to walk away from that. Especially because, like, when I put in my notice, my boss that I hadn't talked to since my interview came to my little cubicle and was like, okay, how much of a raise do you need? Because I just realized I'm going to have to hire at least two people to replace you. And apparently you have a Bible at your desk with all the rules in it. Uh (laughs) And I was like, if I had known I could get a raise just by being like, I quit, I would have played that card a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how it was in Mississippi. Uh, right up until Ashley left, and then I was kind of okay with it. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I had I had like like two or three friends. I had a decent job. Like, I really liked working at the bookstore, even though I didn't make yeah. very much money. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pretty nice home. Like, our area that we lived in was pretty nice. And then it was like, okay, you're going to, you know, Nevada, and it's like, okay, we. 
in the, for the last four years, we've lived in a state where it literally rains almost every single solitary day. Even if it's just for like three minutes, it rains pretty yep. much every day. And now we're going to go somewhere where rain is like a mythical creature that only shows up once a year to flood the entire yep. city. Hey, that's us sometimes too. <laughs> it's insane. And, but it's like that, you know, it's like as soon as you start to settle, the military is like, hi, hey, remember? <laughs> you should go. Go on, get. Shoot. And my publishing company is located oh. here. So Quentin is like, watch them. Like, because we've been here almost two years. That's yeah. the pocket. As soon as you've been in a location for two years, they can be like, time to go. And Quentin's like, watch, April's going to show up and they're going to be like, bye. And you're going to be in the middle of a contract at your school. You're going to be trying to finish your book. Uh, with a publishing company that's right down the road and they're going to be like all right you guys can go to like virginia or something god i hope not virginia but that's a whole different story about washington dc um but i'm just saying like i get the transitions like that are yeah. very difficult to adapt to and that's what she's going through right now any type of transition that mm -hmm. anybody has gone through in their life and what's crazy is, remember the first book when it was just her and Aiko, and she was dreaming of getting in an old-ass car and just yeah. driving away? Oh, how the turntables. I know. Oh, all the turntables. Oh. oh, my goodness. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Okay. This is a good stopping point if you guys are up for doing a part. We can do a part. I'm good for that. That sounds fun. Yeah, because I have to record an episode with um, Bookish Podcast in like 20 minutes. Um, because they invited me to do a book about like your favorite novel from childhood, but it couldn't be Harry Potter. Aww. So this is the one I picked. Um, I didn't see what it was. What is it? It's called Witch Witch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's adorable. It's basically um, The Bachelor. Oh my god, oh, nice. really? <laughs> but <laughs> but I didn't know that when I was a kid and read it. Yeah. And it's an adorable book. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, but this is a good stopping point uh, in the story because we have a transition here. Yeah. I still do bonus episodes every month on Patreon if you guys you ever want to do a bonus episode. I'm sure everybody would love to hear your voice. And I'm pretty sure Ashley and I still need to finish the Shrek do, franchise. and... Uh, we need to get with your sister to do the Twilights. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that because this, every time I mention it, Lindsay's like, I should just have a Twilight podcast. And I'm like, yes, you yeah. should. Ooh. Backdoor pilot. Recorded as a special episode. Ooh. And then it's a spinoff. And it hurts. Well, if you guys join the Patreon, there's actually five commentary episodes where Lindsay and I watch the Twilight films yeah. together. <laughs> And Becca, I, I don't know how far you've gotten on the podcast, but did you get to the part where I did an episode with Aaron Mallory Long from Best of Friends Podcast? I have, yes, and I have listened to that one when it came out, even though that was, I was a hell a little... of a fangirl moment for <laughs> yes, me. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I haven't re listened to it because I was trying to prepare for today by really concentrating on, I skipped all the bonus episodes and just kept going with. I reposted every Thanksgiving as like a rewind because it's a Thanksgiving. Like, what am I going to do to top that Thanksgiving episode? Come on. 
Um, so yeah, I repost that every Thanksgiving. So you can hear it in a few weeks anyway. Yes, yes, I will. But that was like a total fangirl moment because I was like trying to think of something to do for Thanksgiving and I thought it would be fun. And then I was like, long shot, but why not? And she was so excited. She was like, oh, I've never been on a book podcast before. This is going to be so much fun. We're almost done with, you know, best of friends. And I've, I want to stay in that role, but there's no more episodes and we already did Joey. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that was definitely a, a fangirl moment. For I love you're trying to find this doggone book. I'll probably have to send it to you later on. Do because it. I don't know where Do it's it. at and it's not, not in any of my bookshelves and it's driving me up a wall and I have Bethany who would laugh so hard. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm back here. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, Becca hasn't seen my new house. Oh, actually. no, I haven't. You haven't seen what Quentin built for me. More bookcases? I have marriage goals right now, girl. Oh my gosh. If I'm ever mad at him, I just need to walk in here. Hold on a second. Turn on a light. Ugh. I don't know what happened to that talk on book. That's my living room. That's amazing. This is my front door. And when you walk in, it's just like an entire wall of books. Beautiful. I mean, that's what this wall is over here is is just books and double stacked. So I have one layer of books and then another one because I don't have any space to put anything else. And I have a problem of buying books like this. I I bought it at Costco. Oh, I love it. I love it. Hi. Hi, Quinter. Yeah, him's playing video games, and he's got his Discord oh, going. Oh, that's what Brandon's doing, but he's he's just playing Stellaris. That's our dining room. So this is our home because we don't have kids. The living room is all books, and the dining room is, like, our gaming area. So it's got my computer right next to his computer, and we share the microphone in the Aww. middle. And Aww. there's a little mini fridge so that we don't have to walk the 15 feet to the kitchen. I do have books in my car. <gasps> love it it's a bethany book i love those it's bethany books. soon <laughs> no i love those books so much thank you those books are hilarious they gave them to the kids for their birthday they each got their own copy yeah Aww. i feel like i'm bethany in her very small house because that's where all my books are just shoved. oh my god yes. do you remember that so house Oh my god, that house was like so small. Like 800 yeah. square feet, 700 square feet. It but, was it was crammed in there, girl. But that yard, we had a half an acre fenced in. The boys were like oh, loved it. Cloud 9, and now we have this teeny tiny little pocket of grass with rocks everywhere because we live Same. in a desert. And I miss that yard so much because we had just this beautiful big ass half yeah. acre, like just us and the dogs on this big ass half acre. Just and the boys loved it. They were out there running around all the time, trying to kill armadillos, yeah. actually killing a bunch of squirrels. I'm still like really like part of me is like, oh my god, he killed a squirrel. And then part <laughs> of me is like really proud that Scamp like somehow managed to catch and kill multiple Jazzy squirrels. Jazzy likes her squirrels, but she can't catch them. Because that's like a dog's yeah. ambition is to like catch one, but then they don't catch one. But Scamp has caught squirrels, bunnies, birds, like armadillos. He's just 
a great little hunter. If there's a zombie apocalypse, I am. You good, got squirrels you to keep you alive. I and am squirrel is good. delicious. <laughs> um, I'm from the Midwest. I can uh, agree that I have had both venison and squirrel. So for anybody who's not from the Midwest and is like, oh my god, you eat squirrels? They eat everything in the Midwest. Rabbit okay. is delicious. Okay. Catfish, frog, frog legs. legs. Like, if there's food, if it's a type of food in the Midwest, we will eat it. Can confirm. I'm very poor. Yeah. Okay, so I cannot believe I'm saying this, but there is going to be a part two. Because also I limit myself to episodes that are only like 45 minutes to an hour now so that I can like manage yeah. my lifestyle. That makes sense. So this art, this might even be, depending on how long the recording we've been doing is, this might already be two parts and then there'll be like a part three. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Very. So uh, we won't talk about our chapter titles until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Or quotes. Because my quote hasn't yeah. happened yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to do another yeah, one, too. though. Like, because I just miss you guys so much. Like, I still talk yeah. to you guys, but I, it's very different, like, texting or, like, Ashley and I video chat sometimes in our pajamas. But it's um, so different to be actually live, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I do feel. I've been lonely. Life is very challenging when you're right, an adult. Like stupid. <laughs> the it's well, it's hard because when you're a kid, all you want is like the freedom of doing your own thing and making your own decisions. And as an adult, it's like, man, I would give anything. Some there are definitely days where I would give I would give up being allowed to have Pop Tarts for breakfast if I knew that my mom was like gonna do my laundry uh, I don't know see <laughs> I'm I'm all about laundry so I'm not no I live in a perpetual limbo of smell the basket because I don't know if it's a clean one or a dirty one because nobody bothered to fold it and oh, put it away okay it could be clean it could be dirty let's guess you guys my mom does my laundry <laughs> okay my mom would my mom would like Laugh hysterically. My mom only lives an hour away now, and if I called her and asked her to do my laundry, she would be like, "Excuse me." My okay, my mom, my mom is forty-five minutes away. But you guys, I don't actually really have running water right now. Still, That's true. Like, we have a well. Oh. We have a well. Right, right, right. It, but a well is you know, very something. different. But yeah, I don't have a washing machine. Laundromat. The clearest, the closest laundromat's twenty minutes away and stupid expensive. Yep. My mom's forty-five minutes away and free. So my mom doesn't. Yeah, no, I totally get it. My, but I don't. I'll start very often. My mom cleans my whole house. My mom was a girl. Like, you know, my mom grew up poor, and then she was poor when she was raising her kids, and she's just, like, a very frugal yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. My mom, I mean, she drove here in one day, which is, I don't even know. It's from St. Louis yeah. to Colorado Springs. That's mid. That's another Midwest mm, yeah. thing, right? Like, I'm learning, not living in the Midwest, that people, like, fly places. Uh -huh. Yeah. They're like, like, I have a friend who's coming to visit me in November for our writer's retreat, and she's in San Diego. If I wanted to go to San Diego, I would just drive. It's like five hours. And she's like, well, why would I drive? I'm going to fly. And I'm like, okay, in the Midwest, if it's like 12 hours or less, yeah. you just drive. But right. she cleaned, like, the day of, they went, got my car, came back, and then they cleaned the whole house. 
That sounds yeah. like me coming I'd to your house. right now. You'd be yeah. so proud. I mopped. Um, that's me. Uh, flights are cheap. Can you come to my house, please? <laughs> oh, that's right. I organized a whole room in your house. I don't have a house anymore. I have. I know, but I completely forgot. I went to your house and organized an entire room. And I need you. Because anxiety. I need you again. Please. Please come. Um, literally, listeners, I'm telling you right now, the only reason I did that was because of the anxiety it caused me. Please. I just went to her house and cleaned a room because I had anxiety. Okay. My that friend Laura crazy. has done okay. that to my pantry many times. I can send you pictures to ramp up your anxiety and you Ooh. will be booking a flight. And she could quit her job. The problem is, I am not in a position where I can leave right now because my job is demanding like 60 hours a week. And I'm also about to be a published author, which I still Woo! cannot believe. Yeah. People who are listening to this book in like a year from now, or listening to this book, people who are listening to this episode like a year from now have no idea how hyped I was yeah. way back when. It's so funny because I was talking to my publisher about like festivals and signings and stuff. And she's like, and podcast episodes, like, cause I know podcasters and I'm trying to get them to like, let me be on their yeah. podcast. I, I already like emailed Marissa and I haven't heard back yet, but that would be really cool. Um, but my, my publisher was like, we just don't want you to get burned out. And I was like, sweetie, I have been wanting this since I was 13 years old. I finished an entire master's degree in 16 yeah, months. I think yeah. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be tired. I might develop a very unhealthy relationship with Starbucks. Who doesn't have that? But I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm still going to be like, yeah, let's do another signing. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that sounds like you. That tracks. Do you, do you need a reference That's, for right? just that phrase? Because I could just put that right? track. <laughs> Shit, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah. We have receipts. We have receipts. Okay, I have to record another podcast in three minutes. So, um, join us next week, you guys, for part two. Or possibly part three, depending on how long this recording was. Because if it was longer than 45 minutes, I'm splitting it up. See you next time. Bye. But thank you guys so much for being here. I still can't believe this. Do we still say it? Don't get glamoured. Yeah, don't get glamoured. Yeah. There's stickers, there's bookmarks, there's posters, bags, t-shirts now. Yeah, don't get glamorous. No, I know, but when is the part one, two, three, or whatever? Do we say it for each part? Do we need to record, like, three different things? Sure. Parts? And then say bye. The Maybe, same we, can some, we can say, delay. like, oh, yes. Okay, so join us next time for part two or three. And in the meantime, keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamorous. Okay, one, two, Three. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> the chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guests were Ash and Becca. The intro outro music was composed by Mapapa, and the logo art was created by Cosmic Nova Flare on Instagram. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for part three.